0: Welcome to the final part of our series, The Search for Destiny and Purpose. Preaching on this series is one of the most motivational things I've ever done. And we've seen much fruit from this teaching and I've been thrilled at the results. Some people have really been released by it. This week, I want to give an overview of the last five teachings and then move on to explain what I believe to be some major hindrances to walking in your personal destiny. Then if time permits, I'll give you a suggestion as to how you can make a good start, if you've not already done so, towards entering the purposes of God for your life. So the overview. I stated that I thought the most asked question in human experience is, who am I or what am I here for? The Bible expressly says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. My satisfaction and your satisfaction and fulfillment in life depends on us finding out what that is and then doing it. I can then be the person God made me to be and fulfill the purposes of God for my life. The book of Genesis is a good place to start because it's the story of the beginnings. The first few chapters tell us that when God created, he had a purpose in mind. Everything he created, he created for a purpose. For instance, when he set the stars in place, he designed them to separate the day from the night and for signs and seasons, to distinguish days and years. He just didn't intend them to be worshipped or used to prophesy into people's lives with or to provide clues to deep and complex questions about life. God is a God of order. And so he gave us the stars to separate night from day and give his beloved a cosmic calendar, that's all. Any other use of the stars by men is abnormal use, abuse god has a purpose for each one of his creations so it is with his finest creations man and woman everyone is unique everyone has a plan and a purpose and god has a plan a for your life it's also vital that we redefine what we understand as success the world view is somewhat if not diametrically opposed to the real truth The trappings that come with the media concept of success, wealth, prestige and power are the signs that we have arrived according to modern culture. Not so in reality. History testifies to people who have been lavished with all the power, prestige and honour the world can give, but whose lives have been tragic episodes of unfulfilled existence. Many have been so sadly lacking in purpose that the phrase, living lives of quiet desperation, is really appropriate. True success, as defined by the Bible, is personal fulfillment. The comments made at the end of the lives of Jesus of Nazareth and the Apostle Paul are magnificent statements of joy and fulfillment. And this is in the face of tremendous pressure from the world. Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Jesus says, it is finished. Both are expressing victorious lives because they had discovered their destiny and fulfilled their purpose. Now that is real achievement and the proper definition of success. We also discovered in this series that the nature of something is a clue to its purpose. So we have to look at our own likes, preferences, and leanings in order to discover more of who we are. This has to be done without reference to other people's preferences for our lives. We have to dig deep and be very honest with ourselves in order to come up with reality. Every one of us is unique and no one is greater than another. We need a jolly good dose of determination to see ourselves properly for we can be swayed by other people's concepts. We discovered that another good clue is to find out the meaning of our names. God calls us by name in Isaiah 43 and sometimes people have been released into their destiny just by acceptance of the meaning of our names. Let us now move on to some of the principal hindrances to walking in our destiny once we've found it. Number one, resentment. This has been called the greatest hindrance to spiritual maturity. God, my parents, the world, my boss, my friend, leaders, church, school, children, in-laws, family, spouse, have not done what I wanted or treated me as I thought I deserved. The quality of my life has been adversely affected by a distinct lack of understanding and compassion from these people. You know, we have to forgive one another. It's actually a command of Jesus. And if unforgiveness is harbored, it will produce resentment. Resentment blocks love. It stops us from trusting and thinking well of others and ourselves. Unforgiveness produces a garden in which passion for God cannot survive. And eventually a root of bitterness will spring up and defile many, including our own lives. Oh God, help me to let go of the problem. The quality of my life depends on it. Number two comfort zones. We all have our particular things which make us feel better. I I often tease people about warm milk and blankets but we're all tempted to retreat into our own personal equivalent when challenged. When destiny calls it really challenges your comfort zone and in order to start walking in your destiny you may have to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. You might even have to go to night school in order to get a qualification. That means you can't stay in watching TV when you feel like it. You've got to take responsibility for your life and get some work done. It's not just a job. I mean, jobs are hard to come by sometimes, but that does not mean that you have to be lazy. God created man to work. It's a privilege and not a curse. Well, before I can go to work, I'll have to get up early and I need my eight hours sleep or I need a car or more money for before I do that. It's no good waiting for the circumstances to change. When you change, you change your circumstances. Destiny might ask me to go abroad for a a while or to have to work with people I don't like. It's all keeping safe and comfortable. You can't keep safe and find destiny. It's risky. Keeping safe creates small minds, small thinking, small worlds and small people. So we need to allow destiny to challenge our comfort zones. Number three, fear and unbelief, the two great enemies of destiny. Fear is false expectations appearing real and fear has its root in unbelief. Not knowing God's word, And even when you do know it, not believing it. Not willing to take a risk. How to spell faith is R-I-S-K. Allowing feelings of fear to rule back to our comfort zones again. Number four. An unwillingness to die to our own agendas. Jesus said whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever is willing to lose it will find it. A corn of wheat will bring forth life only when it goes into the earth and dies. Let's go on to how to find your destiny. Number one, pray. Nothing happens to a Christian except through prayer. And God himself is the only one who knows for sure the answer to your question, who am I, why am I here? So ask him. Number two, lay down your own ideas. A lot of pain is caused when the principles learnt at Gethsemane are ignored. Jesus said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Number three, take responsibility for your own life. Be a maturing person. A mature person is not one who has it all right, but someone who is willing to be answerable for their own behaviour and not blame circumstances or other people. Number four, be prepared for change. You know, because sometimes, even though we don't realise it, we may be a long way away from God's purpose for us. Number five, put things right. As far as it is in your power to do so, leave cleanly and enter cleanly. A clean conscience is a precious thing. Now you're ready for God to show you. Number six, ask yourself, has God spoken to me? Well, write it down. What does my name mean? Write it down. What are my likes and preferences? Write them down. What am I not interested in? Write that down. And what talents and gifts do I have? Journaling is a really, really lovely way of keeping a record of how God's spoken to you. Write all this down and then go to someone who loves you and knows you who's been walking with the Lord for a while, and check it out against Scripture and ask, is this a reasonably accurate picture of myself and of my reality? Number seven, if you can bring yourself to write your own obituary, it can become a powerful tool towards understanding what God has put inside you. What would you like to be remembered for? Number eight, be patient. The revelation of your destiny may be progressive, step by step, little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Number nine, believe that God is on your side and that he has a purpose for your life. He will not leave you or forsake you. So as you do all you can, there'll be times when all you can do is just to stand in Jesus' promise of life in all its fullness. Number ten, stay focused on your goal. Make it your aim to be able to articulate what your name means, what your spiritual gifts are, and what your calling is. Your specific destiny may be known to God only at this time, but your revealed destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ and to take part in the Great Commission in serving humanity. Well, guys, I've so enjoyed preaching this uh, little mini-series on the search for destiny and purpose. Uh, Should you want to uh, review um, all of these uh, little mini-sermons, please go to our website where you can download them for free. Um, Next week, I'm going to be starting a new series. Um, I'm calling this one The God of Wells, The God of Laughter. And uh, my goal there is to help Uh, each of us, to earth some of the things that have happened to us during uh, the last great outpouring, the current move of God in 1994. So join me for this exciting series. In the meantime, God bless you and be kind to one another.